trending news right now. Atleha Mulefe, our social commentator, discussing social media trends in the last 24 hours or the, the weekend, basically wrapping it up. How are you doing, girl? I'm well, thanks. And how are you, Afanda? I'm good, thank you. How was the weekend? Um, it was a bit chilled. I've been, I've been just taking care of myself and trying to see if I have any symptoms because there's just been an outbreak at work. Oh, no. I didn't really do much. Yes, yes, yes. But you're feeling okay really so far. Let's hope that you're fine. I've been feeling okay since Wednesday, since other people started showing symptoms and stuff. But I've just been feeling okay. Okay, so what I'm does this mean? Then you won't be going into work, obviously. Yeah, I'm just isolating for now just to check if I do have some symptoms, maybe just over time. Okay. Um, but so far, I've been, I've been okay. All right. Yeah. Uh, let's talk uh, hashtag SAA, then starting there with the media briefing held by the Department of uh, Public Enterprises and uh, Harith Holdings, owning 51% share of the airline. So uh, a consortium comprised of uh, Johannesburg-based Global Airways, which owns a recently launched domestic airline Lyft and uh, private equity firm Harith General Partners, will take a 51% shareholding of SAA, and this public enterprises minister, Pravin Gordon, said on Friday. I'm actually very surprised that the SAA is a state-owned enterprise that would allow uh, private companies to own 51% and for them to only own a minority. Mm-hmm. But I guess it's probably like a good start not to allow it to be fully owned by the state, looking at um, the many times it has failed to live up to its own obligations and looking at the many times that um, the the SAA has actually expected government to build them out in so many cases. So I think we are anticipating that something great would come out of it, especially because now they are a minority shareholder and 51% has been given to actually a private entity. Um, but I just think that now maybe we can also probably anticipate the prices also to be quite affordable because um, when it was a state-owned enterprise, it was still a bit steep. So I'm hoping now that even in terms of administration that things would change um, now that it's not fully state-owned. What will this mean for the subsidiaries, including uh, Mango? Uh, Because then we know they're going to be in the process of uh, recapitalization. What will that mean for the consumer? Um, Unfortunately, I think it's going to um, remain the same at the the moment because I didn't think that, because it forms just its... um, it's the mother body of um, Mango. So I think they didn't say much about it, but I'm just also anticipating that since they hold the majority, then it also means that they would be required maybe to also um, fund uh, Mango as well and just to make sure that um, it runs smoothly. Because in instances where it still remains as a state-owned enterprise, because also just a couple of months ago, Mango was also suffering, then that would mean that even for consumers themselves, they would still have to... Um, cover for that. They would still have to pay more for Mango. They would still have to um, sort of like it would still be under the state if um, now that they're taking a majority shareholder. But I'm just hoping that um, um, those investors taking a majority shareholder, 51%, it also means that they would be required to fund Mango as well, just to make sure that the two run concurrently as opposed to funding one and leaving the other to becoming a state-owned enterprise and not doing anything about it. Yeah. And the longer-term goal, uh, Public Enterprises Minister Gordon said that it's to list SAA on the stock exchange. So uh, what do we make of that? 
Um, I think that could potentially be a long-term goal, but I think my also my biggest concern is now that we've they've gone fifty-one forty-nine percent. Um, does it mean that it's a long-term thing? Like, would they would it ever get to a point where they feel like they've accumulated um, as much uh, capital to be able to run um, the state-owned enterprise, or is it still always going to remain as something that's just minor that is owned by the state? Just a minority of 49% and majority being the investor. So I think long-term-wise, we're really just not going to have state-owned enterprises that we anticipated because of how badly administered they are and because of how over time they consistently expect to be built out by the state. But I also do hope that it doesn't now fall under being the mandate of the private sector to be consistently bailing out um, SAE and that they do sort out the administration so that they don't find themselves in the same situation or same problems that they were in um, every single month in terms of wanting bailouts and stuff. All right, we need to take a short break and then continue with our trending topics, looking at social media in the last 24 hours. Our time, just almost 20 past four here on Sound Awake. Trending news right now. Atlerang Mulefe, social commentator, joins us here on SFM talking trending topics here on Sound Awake. If you've just joined us, good morning to you. Uh, so let's talk now, hashtag diplomats, uh, Atli. Uh, so over 200 diplomats are expected to be expelled uh, because, and they're from 10 different African countries, because they uh, were about, so they basically used and abused their diplomatic privileges. What they did is that they can buy alcohol at different duty-free shops at a very low prices, and this is part of their privileges. So they did that, and then they were selling it at a profit, running backyard shabines during lockdown. Um, so I think one, in terms of also misusing your um, diplomatic diplomat privileges because we know that as a diplomat you are given the greatest amount of respect um i think that um even when i was reading those articles about how it's usually uh ones from lesotho other ones from malawi and i just found it to be very problematic for people to misuse um, the privileges of being a diplomat because it's also just understanding um the credibility and also just understanding the type of privileges that come with you beholding being in that position. So in instances where now they're using duty-free alcohol and they're selling it um, in their own uh, personal use, they're selling it for their own personal capacity, then it also does become a problem because it, 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 it requires that we interrogate exactly why as a diplomat you ought to be given those privileges and whether they're worth it. Because I think even for the longest time, the fact that they were excused from so many things that even if you can get into another country and do something bad, like maybe fight people, like the one when um, the the president's wife did also in the past, it also just um, initiated a very important conversation about whether or not should we still be giving diplomats those privileges even when they are misusing them and even when they're not acting in their own personal capacity and understanding exactly the kind of privileges that they have as a diplomat. So I definitely do think that I support um, the fact that they ought to be held accountable. And even if it means being stripped off their, uh, the, their position or, or rather that uh, the fact that they're diplomats, I think that something needs to be done about it because it simply means that this is something that has been going on for the longest time. And imagine how many more diplomats have been doing this outside of their own personal capacity. Yeah, because even the number 200 is, is shocking yeah. as it is. So you can, like, as you say, it must have been something that's been going on for... It was literally a whole market, basically, of illicit <laughs> trade in alcohol. They created an industry. 
imagine for people in their own position, people that are also anticipated to uphold the rules of the country or any country that they go into. So now, um, if we allow them to continue like this, does it mean that they're going to stop or they can still continue doing what they were doing before? So I do think that they need to be held accountable for what, what they were doing um, because also due to free goods, um, they, they, they were really not supposed to be doing that. They can run their own taverns on the side, that's fine. But I think when they are now taking alcohol from those spaces and now they're selling them at, at a cheaper price, then that's, that's, that's just wild. Yeah, over 100 million per month in lost revenue. Uh, that's what South Africa suffered because of this. Should they pay back the money? I think that's what accountability looks like. They should definitely pay back the money because it shows that they were using duty-free alcohol to start the, to make their own businesses and to make their own money. And there's so many of them. And, and, and the fact that those stores themselves have lost out on revenue, then it simply means that they have to pay. But I also feel like it wasn't like a one-man show. I think that there are some people that will be exposed eventually that they were assisting them. Because even as a diplomat, getting into a duty-free um, alcohol to get an airport and, and buying bottles of alcohol, I think for me it's just it's it's just wild. I don't understand how it even got to that point. So 17 in total so far from two countries. They've been given 72 hours to leave South Africa. Deco spokesperson Clayson Munyela said uh, also a deputy ambassador allegedly making 36 million rand just on their own in three months. Uh, posing the question for me as well that why is there a deputy ambassador? Why do we need a deputy ambassador if we have an ambassador? <laughs> um, I think it's similar to maybe like if the ambassador is not available to someone to step in for them. Um, I think that's why they usually have an ambassador and a deputy ambassador. Can you imagine 36 million rand in three months how much somebody has yeah, made from illicit trading in alcohol? Mm-hmm. It's a lot. Um, so the other thing that is just crazy to me is how some of these diplomats were gloating and boasting about this uh, on social media. So I guess, in a way, we have social media to thank for the fact that some people just can't hold back. Uh, we live in this in, in, in this era now where people want to talk about everything and sometimes they actually expose themselves. People implicate themselves like all the time, especially those who in in those positions and you're just float, flaunting, you're having fun and they're probably just like they're throwing parties like nobody's business they were just bragging about it talking about it a lot because that's what they do and then eventually they got caught so we we thank social media most of the time because that's actually where we get to um see people and that's where the investigation and the interrogation started so people must just continue to flaunt their things on social media so they can get caught for what they're doing the bad things that they're doing um in society so i think we should definitely thank social media for that Okay, let's talk now. Hashtag J and J, Acting Health Minister Mamuloko Kubaingubane, warning that there could be stricter lockdowns because the worry is that, especially in Gauteng, there's a high number of uh, cases in terms of COVID, and there could be signs that things would be under pressure. On top of that, the country's vaccination efforts have been dealt a big blow uh, when U.S. Food and Drug Administration (FDA) ruled that a huge number of Johnson and Johnson vaccines are contaminated. About uh, 20 million are going to be uh, gotten rid of. No, sorry, 2 million, rather, sorry, in South Africa. It's 6 million in the world. And 2 million of that 6 million is now going to be thrown away. I mean, I don't know what, what causes the vaccines to be contaminated. What, what 
That is also my concern because how would you administer a vaccine and then in the middle of doing that, then that's when you actually do realize that those vaccines have been contaminated. And also looking at how slow the rollout, the vaccine rollout in South Africa has been, so this simply pushes us back into the crisis because now Mm. if the rollout was slow and now we have to wait for other vaccines as well that aren't contaminated, then it means that it's going to take a long time for those things to happen or for that administration to happen, which means that it leaves both the citizens in danger because um, the longer it takes for them to be vaccinated, the longer it is for us then to be able to control just the spread of the infection and making sure that people have antibodies to protect them. But also, I think, secondly, in terms of contamination of vaccines, um, I do think that even though this is something that the solution was supposed to be, people had to come up with a solution in a short space of time, but I also do think that negligence in terms of now um, transporting contaminated vaccines shouldn't necessarily be allowed because if we have, if people have paid money to get those vaccines, so now if we take back two million contaminated vaccines, we need to get another vaccine. That's also just a lot of money that's just piling up and money that is being used to administer vaccines, and that's money that we don't necessarily have. I think for me, we're just going to be in a state of just going to be a crisis from now on because even the rollout process was taking long, so now it's just going to be like extremely bad. And there's still those who got their first jab who are waiting for the second jab. We still need to deal with that because, um, you know, one of the listeners said, Kathy, our family member, uh, saying that, uh, you know, there's anxiety now for those people who took the first jab because it's like, what was the point? Because we're not fully covered then because you need two jabs to be completely safe. So imagine now you also are very, a person would be anxious in that position because what was also even, and now the anxiety comes from the fact that what if the one that you actually got was also contaminated by the just that they didn't know about it. So I think it's just, it's just going to cause a lot of problems, to be honest. Mm, question. So you think the, the issue is with the longer the vaccines are in storage, the more contaminated or the, more, the bigger the chances of them being contaminated? Because we know these uh, were supposed to expire at the end of this month anyway. I think, I think that could also be true. Because also if, um, depending on what the, how long it takes for them then to last, because if it takes a short space of time, then it means that even the rollout process should be quick. So I, I just feel like now, in this, cause when I was looking at other countries as well, the, the vaccine rollout is just very quicker. Things are just moving, things are happening. But in South Africa, we've been, we've been, it's always been a conversation. We're administering vaccines now, mm. particular groups should come, but they're not even done with it. So what's, what's really causing the hold-up, why, why is it taking so long then for us to be able to administer this vaccine? So that I think the longer it takes, and also we're just going to be in, in a crisis and it's just going to have like uh, potential harm if we take longer to do these things. Well, next up is the over 40s. They'll be eligible for vaccination at the beginning of July. So we'll watch and see then in, in terms of what's going what's going to happen there uh, hashtag Shapiro now uh, or Shapiro uh, the cartoonist uh, depicting Pete Rampedi Iqbal Servi and uh, the birth of the Tembisa 10 the decouplets that were born uh, I don't know if you saw the cartoon um, I did see it actually um, it was just a picture of the woman who was giving birth and then they also had like the 10 kids on the side um, I think it's it's, it's I mean, he does it all the time. So I think the depiction itself, it's quite nice. I, I, 
I honestly didn't have a problem with it. But, um, I mean, it's, yeah. Mm. Do you think that Pretoria, that Pretoria news editor, Pete Rampedi, should be calling people uh, for an apology now? Because some people were saying this is fake news when the story broke uh, last week. Because even for now, I, I think um, that they should definitely do that. And um, because even when I was, I've been like skeptical about it for the longest time, like even now, it's like even if maybe they can, they found her or they, they'll find her, um, to me, it's it's still very shocking to be honest i i mm. still just can't, cannot believe that um someone is able to have so many uh children to give back to so many children so i'm just yeah i think yeah they also still shocked i think the dad was quoted as saying he's still shocked he's excited though he feels blessed and overwhelmed but he's still shocked because they actually uh, expected eight kids i don't know if you know that the doctors had detected sure. eight um and then during the birth they discovered there's actually two more Imagine but that. even the eight, even the eight, even the just, eight, it's a lot. <laughs> it's stressful. But yeah. if they're happy about it, then I think we just need to support them and make sure that they get the best amount of care and support. Absolutely, best amount yeah. of care and support because they are still incubated. They were born prematurely, as one can expect. Uh, so we hope that they they are going to be okay and the parents will be be fine as well. I'm reminded of a reality show on. Uh, TV. TLC. Yes. I think I know <laughs> you know, it, the, the, yeah. is it the Johnsons or something? That black US couple, they've got about, is it 12? Yeah, that show is just wild. It's just people who have just a lot of kids. And, and that's when, even when I heard about this one, I was like, this is a lot. Like, it's, it's a lot. And I can't believe that it's happening. Yeah. As much as they say they're happy, I don't know. Sometimes I feel like that <laughs> woman is so exhausted. She always looks tired. <laughs> <laughs> she must be tired. That's a lot of kids to carry, so she must really be tired. Yeah, and I just wonder how do you, you know, because as a parent, the thing that we feel guilty about is giving your children attention. Even when there's one child and you have to work, you you have so much guilt. I can only imagine then what it's like with all those kids. There's no ways you can possibly give them the same amount of That's attention. It's, it's crazy. You have other people to assist there so they can all get the same amount of attention. Mm-hmm. Because at this point, it's impossible.